0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave O. How about that Danny Duffy as he likes to say that was gnar as he put the smack down on one of the best offenses in baseball. The Royals win one to nothing over Baltimore in game three of the four game set. Welcome into Clubhouse Conversation. It's your dish. A happy dish thanks to Danny Duffy, Wade Davis, and Greg Holland. And not thanks to the Royals offense or the home plate umpire. And we could do a 30-minute show just on Danny Duffy tonight. That's how impressed I was with him, especially since he didn't strike people out. Now, you might say, well, that's not good. He got incredibly lucky then. Not really. That's why you've got to watch the game. Sometimes the numbers say, well, if they hit a certain number of balls in play, they're going to get on a certain amount of time, and then you know it's not sustainable if you're not striking people out, which for the most part is true. But for this particular game, Baltimore maybe squared up four balls the entire seven-plus innings against Danny Duffy. Two of them were hits, one on the terrific play by Alex Gordon. And it seems like there might have been one other one. But really, only three to four balls were squared up tonight by Baltimore. Seven-plus innings for Danny. He shut Baltimore out on two hits, including six and two-thirds of perfect innings. Wow. It was starting to feel real there, wasn't it? Especially after Alex crossed over. And I guess he was right in the line. It may have been a, a fair ball catch, probably right in the line. Right along the line of left field, he made that diving catch to get that first out in the seventh. And then you thought to yourself, this is real now. Because when you see a perfect game or a no-hitter, there's always you know, a couple really, really good defensive plays. And Mike Moustakis, if you remember, had one of those in the sixth inning. It wasn't a great play, but the ball was hit hard right at him. He kind of did a half jump to catch it. And then Alex makes that headlong dive to make that catch to keep the the perfect game and no-no going. So you had to start thinking, wow, this might happen tonight. As you know, things turned out, of course, Adam Jones, who hits over 400 against lefties this year, Breaks it up with a base hit. Royal killer Adam Jones. Ever since he took Nate Adcock deep in that 15-inning game a couple of years ago. Seems to always kill the Royals. Does Adam Jones. But broke up the perfect game. Broke up the no-no. But, wow, yeah. Seven-plus innings for Danny Duffy. Just two hits. Zero walks. Two strikeouts. Now, once again, as far as the strikeouts go... Yeah, long-term, he's probably not going to keep up that success if he's not missing bats, but we know he does normally miss a bat, so the fact that he was able to keep his walks down is the story of this game. The zero walks is the story of the game for sure for Danny Duffy. Just nice and smooth, good tempo out there. And like I said, they never really squared him up, honestly. I mean, it it wasn't luck. It was just Danny Duffy was that good tonight. Seven-plus innings. You know who else was great tonight? was Wade Davis. He continues to dazzle out there. Once again, I don't hear anybody giving Wade Davis a lot of praise. You know, people like to use him as a scapegoat. Now, last year, rightfully so. But this year, Wade Davis has been awesome. Danny Duffy gives up the leadoff hit to Nelson Cruz there in the top of the eighth, and Wade Davis comes in and gets to work, striking out J.J. Hardy right away, getting Delman Young in a fly out to right center. And then striking out Jonathan, I call him Shoop. That's his name. The TLC song, you make me want to shoop. He makes me want to shoop as he struck out there to end the eighth inning. Wade Davis now a 1.96 ERA. Almost two strikeouts per inning. He is nails out there out of the bullpen this year. ERA under two and nearly two strikeouts per inning for Wade Davis. By the way, Danny Duffy's ERA is down to 1.42. And I think Danny Duffy now can pretty much end the Bruce Chen back to the rotation you know, talk for now, barring an injury to somebody else or somebody else being completely ineffective. Duffy's where he needs to be and where he should be, where he has the most value, where his upside is the most, and that's in the starting rotation. It's good to see him have some outings like this, and really all of them have been pretty good. But finally tonight, you know, the furthest he's gone into a game. He's never started an eighth inning before in his big league career. So Danny Duffy did the job tonight. I think we can finally quit getting our daily updates on Bruce Chen, at least as far as the rotation goes. He might be a nice long guy out there in the Royals' bullpen, but not back in the rotation the way Danny Duffy is throwing. And I guess a legit offense. Let's point that out, too. You know, there there's some, you know, shutouts or seven-inning one-run ball or eight-inning shutouts or what have you. There's some great pitching performances where you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because you might be facing the Houston Astros with two of their players on the DL. You know, Jose Altuve might be out or whoever. But Baltimore is not a weak offense. Baltimore is legit, just a good, good offense. And even without Matt Weiders, I mean, they didn't have Matt Weiders in there, obviously, but that's a good lineup one to nine. And Danny Duffy did the job tonight. Now, let's talk about the ninth. Give Greg Holland a lot of credit as well. He looked to be his normal dominant self, didn't he, when he came out there? He struck out pinch hitter Steve Clevenger on four pitches. Clevenger was started off with off-speed and breaking stuff. You know, Holland pitched him backwards, and Clevenger never had a chance. Four-pitch strikeout, back to the dugout. But then Nick Marcakis drew a five-pitch walk, because then at that point Holland tried to go back to the fastball and missed on the first three. Actually, I guess all five pitches to Marcakis were fastballs. Only one was in the strike zone. So a five-pitch walk to Marcakis, then Manny Machado punches a single on a fastball into right. That's a couple times this year where Holland doesn't had terrific fastball command early in his outings. Uh, First and third, then, with one out. And then Holland strikes out Adam Jones twice. Two different times. How in the world can the home plate umpire say Adam Jones got a foul tip on that ball that hit home plate that was Clearly three to five inches from his bat. I mean, even if he somehow nicked it, which he didn't, you don't call that. How could you go out in a limb like that in that situation? Somebody swings at that bat of a pitch. It's a game situation. The Royals are the home team on top of that. How does he get that call there? Ned Yost gets tossed, and I'm glad he needed to get tossed. Good job by Ned on that backing his guy. And I, I like seeing Brett Hayes with the emotion out there tonight, both backing his pitcher immediately off the bat. And of course, backing his pitcher at the end with a fist pump, he was excited. love to see Brett Hayes with that enthusiasm tonight. But I have no clue. And then, and then the pitch after that was a borderline pitch that could have struck out Adam Jones. He actually struck Adam Jones out three times in that at bat. Greg Holland got five outs tonight. He struck out the first one on the on the swing, on the slider down to the dirt. Maybe it was a split. Who knows what it was? They called it the splitter. I guess. Then the, the fastball at the knees that could have easily been called strike three. And then another one where he got him swinging. So he's struck out Adam Jones three times. This is not a cheap save. Then, of course, he walks Chris Davis, ultimately strikes out Nelson Cruz to end the game. That was a legit save and a nice job by Greg Holland there in the ninth inning. And the Royals go on to a must-needed win. They had to get this win tonight. Again, There's no must-wins in April or May, but really there are. Last year was proof of that. In a team like the Royals who continues to not score runs, you cannot blow pitching performances like this. and You've got to at least stay at 500 or slightly above and wait for that run later in the summer, wait to add that bat at the deadline if you're going to go after one of those wild cards. I've already basically given up on Detroit. You don't really hear hear me talking about Detroit anymore because there's not really a point. If we catch them, great. The chances of that are slim to none, barring some major injuries to their team or some meltdowns. So the Royals need to stay around 500, a little bit above. Be a few games, five, six games up at the All-Star break. That'll put them right there for the second or first wild card. They can make a move at the deadline. You know they'd make a move to bring in a bat of some sort later on in the summer. So just stay there. And the Royals got that win tonight to do that. I said they needed to split this series. Two out of three the next three series after this. Two out of three the White Sox. Two out of three Angels. Two out of three Houston. And that puts you at a 10-5 during the stretch. You've got 12-15 at home. Go 10-5. And the Royals are now three and two on this stretch as they swept the Rockies. Lost two to the Baltimore win tonight. Get that game tomorrow. You're four and two on the stretch. And then it just takes two out of three the next three series. I know it's kind of you might be laughing, saying, Well, God, it's not that easy, Dave. You can't just take two out of three three series in a row. I'm aware, but it's doable. The White Sox, no Chris Sale, of course, right now. Coming in here, they're not really that good. They're a sub five hundred team or a five hundred team right in the nose, depending on the day. The Angels will be tough on the road. I just The Royals seem to play well out there most of the time. Then Houston, of course, fairly lackluster. The Royals swept them down. And Houston, you got to think they can at least take two out of three here at home. So I think it's doable. We'll see what happens. Uh, one more thing about tonight, the offense. The offense is so incredibly lucky that Danny Duffy pitched how he did, and Wade Davis pitched how he did, and Greg Holland pitched how he did, because they were not good. I mean, are we going to tip our cap to Bud Norris again after he tipped it last night i mean the night before we tipped it and (laughs) we tip our caps every night to the pitcher it seems like the royals no extra base hits tonight billy butler with a clutch first inning hit the way this offense is going a two-out single in the first inning that's clutch for this offense it really is any kind of hit to drive in a run for this offense is clutch you know, Two outs in the first. That's the only run that scored tonight. How sad is that? The Royals had chances in the second and third getting their leadoff men on. Had runners at second with less than two outs. Both innings. Couldn't get them in. Some really bad at-bats. Eric Hosmer had an at-bat. Was his second AB of the night with a runner on where he completely guessed. The ball was like six inches outside. Swung at the first pitch. You know, of course it made out to shortstop and you saw Mike Moustakas not advancing a runner at second base with nobody out in the inning where Lorenzo Cain ultimately got caught in yet another rundown, which has happened too much recently. But anyway, let's not talk too much about the offense. The point is we know it's still an issue. We know it's still a problem. For one night, the Royals were able to put lipstick on that pig thanks to their pitching. The offense needs to get it done again tomorrow. James Shields against Yobaldo Jimenez. This is for the split to keep the Royals on track for where they to need to get. It's a, it's a favorable matchup for the Royals. They already beat Jimenez in Baltimore in that Friday night game when he went up against Jordana Ventura that night on the road. So the Royals have already defeated Jimenez this year. He's two and four with the four oh two ERA. Once again, he's stat wise, not much, not too much different than the last couple of nights with Tillman and Norris. Maybe not quite as good as those two, stat-wise, but he's got the stuff. He's got maybe, on any given night, maybe a little bit of a uh, a ceiling better between those, two, between those three. A ceiling better, is that how you say that? A higher ceiling is how you, I think you'd you say that if you were speaking in correct English. So. James Shields goes up against Tim tomorrow. It'll be nice having Sal back in the lineup. It was good the Royals we were able to sneak one out with Duffy and Hayes tonight. Nice job by Hayes calling the game. And... Um, One other question for you, a little trivia question for you, because I caught myself tonight thinking about the last home run the Royals hit. Keep in mind, I've seen in full every game but two this year, and I've seen parts of every single game. The two games I missed in full, I did see about six or seven innings. And I couldn't remember the last time the Royals hit a home run. I watched this team every day. (laughs) I I had to look it up. Do you remember when it was? It was James Shields' last start against Colorado, Lorenzo Cain. Went yard. That's how long it's been since the Royals hit a home run. Surely on an afternoon game, you know, they're going to get one tomorrow, aren't they? Just give me some extra base hits. Not even a single one tonight. We're not going to worry about the offense. We're going to focus on Danny Duffy and the pitching. Once again, fantastic tonight. We'll be back with you tomorrow afternoon here on Clubhouse Conversation. Two last things. Number one, hope you were able to check out the Joe LaHood interview, which is now posted here on clubhouseconversation.com. Former Royal, played in the 77 ALCS with the Royals played with with Boston and the Angels and Texas before KC. Definitely listen to that. And I was able to speak today to the first Kansas City Royal ever signed, the first man to ever sign a contract. Jerry Lissio is in town. I contacted him about two weeks ago about doing an interview here on Clubhouse Conversation. He surprised me and said, you know, I've been wanting to come back to KC since the late 70s. I'm just going to come down bring my significant other who's never been here to a game here. They came down and basically for the interview, and it was a great interview this afternoon. I'll post that here on Monday or Tuesday. Some great stories. The first ever Royal, who I found out also is the first ever Houston Astro. They were the Colt 45s. Before he came to the Royals, he was signed as the first Astro. So what are the odds of that? The same guy is the first Astro and the first Royal ever signed. So Jerry Lizio, he'll be coming up here on Clubhouse Conversation. Also, as always, a plug for our Twitter, at Royals Clubhouse, and subscribe on iTunes. Never miss anything. You can click here in the page and get to our iTunes page. Until tomorrow, nice W tonight for the Royals, and let's do it again.